Welcome, good afternoon. With Dennis Fithian on Detroit Sports, ready to get things underway. Pod number 17. Straight ahead, we'll speak with a guy I've worked with a number of years, Kenny Cott, and I'll ask him about DeAndre Swift and what would be the best thing that could come out of an 82-game schedule for the Detroit Tigers, something the TV voice of the Tigers, Matt Shepard, I'm sure has thought about a few times, and Shep joins me here on the podcast. Shep, how are you? Dennis, great, man. Always good to visit with you, and uh, glad you're doing what you're doing. Uh, Detroit sports fans can use it. Yeah, well, we really know what all sports fans could use, and that would be some games. And you know, we it's you know it's different every day, but there, you know, has been at least uh, some some baby steps that way. And that that 82 game schedule, whether or not it's a reality or not, um, I just ask you that question. You know, uh, th- that something like the best thing that could come out of an, an 82 game schedule for the Tigers, what would it be for you? Well, for me, I, I don't look at necessarily wins and losses. I think any team with a shortened se- schedule, a shortened season, feels like it would have a chance. Um, knowing that Detroit would have to compete with teams in the AL Central and the NL Central, um, I think there's legitimate reason for, for optimism. Um, but I think the best thing that could come out would be getting some young guys some innings and getting some young guys to that bat. Um, I think it's really important, depending on what happens in the minor leagues this year, and there's been no decision on that yet, but depending on what would happen there, I think Detroit could really use and needs to have their young players keep playing, have them continue to develop. This was going to be a huge year for guys like Casey Mize, Derek Skubel, Matt Manning, Alex Fayedo, Isak Paredes, Willie Castro, um, Riley Green, those guys were all, I mean, you know it, they're the, the future of this franchise. They needed at-bats, they needed innings, they needed to be able to handle slumps, so on and so forth. And without that, uh, I wonder how much of a deterrent it will be in their progress. Yeah, what about the rosters? There, I know there's a, a lot of different proposals that are out there in scenarios, but the 40-man the and a 25 Man, active. It, it could go to fifty. I saw. So would that mean a, a thirty-five man active? Is is this a path to see some of those, uh, some of those names maybe sooner than later? Yeah, I think what you would see would be probably a thirty-man roster, and then I, from what I've read and talked to people, they're considering an extra twenty guys for a taxi squad, if you will, that would allow you to dress them for some games and maybe not almost like when you and I cover hockey, for example. Um, have some guys dressed and, and some guys not dressed. I think they need it to, because you need the pitching. So the expanded roster is, is a necessity. You'd have to have somebody uh, that, that allows you to lengthen your bullpen, bullpen a little bit. And I would guess you would have um, at least three, I would guess four catchers for your team as well. So it, it, I think it'd be more challenging for the manager on how you're going to divvy up the innings and keep guys fresh or I should say keep them active um, guys want to work uh, the guys in the bullpen need appearances uh, they thrive on that kind of stuff so I don't think it would be challenging for a manager from a position player standpoint I think more from a pitching standpoint but I think that's where they're leaning probably at least a 30-man roster and then some wiggle room for some guys on a taxi squad that will uh, you know kind of help you with your job. You know, the one thing I liked, at, at Bryce Harper, I think last week at this time, he was putting out uh, some different proposals. But the one that, that caught my eye was the, the double headers on Sunday with just seven innings. And I know a couple of years ago when, when Manfred was talking about speeding up the game, I thought, you know, if you, you go to seven innings, that would certainly speed up the game. And when you get a, a situation like this where I think people are going to be much more understanding of, of tweaks and different things, you know, that caught my eye, the possibility of, uh, of doing a doubleheader seven innings on Sunday. Do you, you think that could be a reality? Well, I'm, I would be against that. Um, I might be in the minority. Uh, I know there's a lot of people who feel like you've got to speed up the game. Uh, seven innings, you'd see a lot more complete games. If it were only seven innings, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, but my personal opinion, I, I think baseball has focused too much on changing the game. Um, I don't think it needs to be changed that much. I think what needs to be done is to implement the rules, and, and the game would be just fine. The game is the way it was back in 1984, and when you and I watched the Tigers celebrate a championship, the average time of those games was somewhere in the neighborhood of two hours and 40 minutes. So I ask people this all the time. Tell me how long 
is long enough for you to enjoy the baseball game. Tell me how long is too long and tell me how long is long enough. And not many people can tell me, you know, what the ideal time is. Look, you and I love football, don't we? Okay. The average time of a football game was three hours and 12 minutes a year ago, or maybe it was a little bit longer. It might be 314. There's only 11 minutes of action then. There's 77 minutes of commercials in a game like that in football. Baseball, the average baseball game was less than the average football game. But we get so wrapped up in the action and the physicality and the touchdown passes and the big hits and the interceptions and so on and so forth that we don't pay much attention. Plus, we feel like there's a perfect time to, to have you know commercials during our viewing, watching pleasure, right? I would argue that's different. I, I would argue that baseball has the more opportune time and the built-in time to show commercials in between innings, in between pitchers. Football, we're watching kickoff and then commercial. First down, then commercial. End of quarter, commercial. Come back, and it, it just, to me, it gets a little old. I think baseball has concentrated way too much on trying to divvy up the game that allows people to make it faster. And I think all you got to do is say, you know what? If you're in the box, there's nobody on base, stay in the damn box. Pitcher, you get the ball, throw it. Look at Mark Laverde Fidrich. Look at how quickly he works. Look at how quick Justin Verlander works these days. Look at how quick Max Scherzer works. More pitchers were forced to work that quickly, get the ball, get the sign and throw it, batter stay in the box, you watch how quick the game goes. Yeah, I should explain myself. You know, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. You know, the, the game is so great. I wouldn't change anything, but it, it always seems like there's like 5%, I don't know, 10% of the real diehards who just love it, want it to stay right where it's at. But then they're always trying to bring in the younger crowd or, or, or your average fan. And they spend a lot yeah. of time, you know, talking about them and what they need to do. So, no, I, I hear you on that. So it's always like, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? It seems like they're, they, they, they definitely do want to, really speed it up though so but i, I hear yeah, well, you look at, look at what justin turner suggested i mean this is a guy who plays the game for a living and makes a very good living at doing that he's talking about if you go extra innings have a home run derby i mean you're talking about tricking up and it's ridiculous ideas in my opinion of of trying to expedite the game for what reason i mean it's part of the thrill part of the anticipation has always been one play can make a difference even in extra innings. I, I don't know how you feel about the shootout in hockey, but I would rather see overtime. I, I think it's ridiculous that you have two sets of rules, one for the regular season and one for the postseason in the NHL. But I, I just I think the games are really great the way they are if they're played the way they're supposed to be played. And it doesn't have to be, you don't need a clock, you don't need a timer or anything like that. Do what you're supposed to do. Have the umpires implement those types of rules and the way the game was intended, and you watch how quickly it goes. It's not a whole lot different than when it was played in the 70s and 80s, and those games were quick. Yeah, like overtime hockey is the best thing in, in sports. So, But yeah. I, I know the players don't want to play a, a triple overtime game on a Tuesday and then have to travel and maybe have to have another one on Wednesday. But, you know, there's not many baseball games that are going past, you know, 11, 12 innings. The, the managers are trying to, you know, they're trying to win it in the 10th, certainly in the 11th. They're not trying to. They're not trying to go too long, so I don't know how many how much you have to tweak that, you know. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. And as far as the travel is concerned, you know, we need to keep in mind it's not the '50s. They're not traveling on trains. Okay, they've got pretty nice jets. <laughs> They're staying in really nice places, and I get that. If if hockey wanted to do, you know, a three on three or go for a four on four for five minutes, and then three on three for five minutes, okay, I can deal with that. I would prefer no shootout, although it does bring people out of their seats. And I sure as hell don't want any type of home run derby or seven inning affair when it comes to baseball. <laughs> no, no, I don't need that either. I, Shep, I saw you on a, a quad video with Ron Gardenhire, Alan Trammell, Michael Fulmer, and Fulmer looked great. You did too. You did too. But you know what? I, I you know, it wasn't a, like a, you know, I didn't see all of them. You could just tell in his face. He just looked like he was in great shape. And uh, I also liked what he had to say. And, and uh, it sounded like it was all good news for Fulmer and the possibility of, of him getting back. And maybe, you know, if, if they do get things going into July, maybe not, you know, the, the first game, but but sometime in the month. Yeah, Dennis, I'll tell you, he, he looks really good in Lakeland. Um, he looked healthy. Uh, you can tell. I mean, you and I have been in that clubhouse. We've seen him um, where he, he may not have been at his 
optimal weight. Um, and how he looks right now, uh, he looks very healthy. He said that during that podcast or during that uh, virtual session that uh, he feels really good. Um, you know, he, this is the guy who had Tommy John last March. He started throwing a, a flat ground, I think, in November. Um, and the Tigers kind of had to reel him in a little bit. He was so excited to get things going. But he's remained down in Lakeland, um, and he continues to work. And if he were available, and it would be ideal, because if you, you were able to expand that roster, as you and I were discussing earlier, um, suddenly you've got guys like Matthew Boyd and Daniel Norris and Jordan Zimmerman and Yvonne Nova and Spencer Turnbull and uh, Michael Fulmer. He, he would be a valuable arm that starting rotation if you chose to go with, you know, six starters, for example. Yeah, I saw Fulmer call it a second coming of spring training. Are, are your bags semi-packed? Will will you – is there a scenario that you could do a game from your basement? Uh, you know, any talk about that? Yeah, it's a good question. I, my bags are not semi-packed. I just don't know what's going to happen. I, I have no fear going on a plane and staying in a hotel and, going to watch the team in Lakeland. Um, I, I would I would welcome that. I would embrace that. That'd be great, I think. Um, and I think Tigers fans and really sports fans in general uh, would be excited to watch a spring training game uh, when in the past maybe not so much. Um, but I think they'll probably have somewhere in the neighborhood of three weeks of spring training. Where that is in Florida or at Comerica Park, I'm not sure. My guess is it would be Florida. Um, just because from a weather standpoint and uh, that state has uh, you know, kind of relaxed its limitations on what people can and cannot do a little bit more than, than Michigan. So my guess is they'd be down there for three weeks. They'd play either some inner squad or maybe a short trip from one of the teams in the area to come and play a, a couple of preseason or spring training games before they get rolling. You know, we need to remind people that baseball is unlike the other sports. You know, football, they practice all week long to get ready for one game. Basketball, if they don't have a game, they're probably doing some type of shoot-around, some type of practice. Same thing in hockey. You and I have watched Jeff Flashup go through his hockey drills as they get ready for a game or even a morning skate. Baseball's practice, baseball's games, um, their, their games are their practices to a certain extent. They have batting practice, and while batting practice is going on, guys are shagging fly balls, guys are taking grounders. That's how they stay sharp. It's not a practice session like the other three major sports have. And even if it were, it would only last a couple of days. It sure doesn't last a three-week period of time. Yeah, well, the one thing, the best thing that, that could happen besides a safe season, uh, you know, for me, just thinking about the organization, you, you mentioned some of those younger guys earlier. You know, when I think of Spencer Turnbull and, and Daniel Norris, both 27, and then there's two mm -hmm. guys that, that have been talked about. I was just talking with some of my my friends this uh, over the week, we were just sitting around uh, on online talking and, and the one guy said, well, you know, Condelario, you know, he's a boss. And the other guy said, so Stewart, I said, well, that's a big season for those guys, but it's not time to give up right. on them. So if you could get like, like Turnbull and Norris and Turnbull looked good in spring, the, the game that I listened to, and then uh, it's not time to give up on those guys. But for me, you know, finding two or three of those guys that really, uh, either break out or, or turn things around to me, that's, that's um, you know, something that I think would be really good for this organization. Yeah, I think we, we label players butts pretty early uh, in their careers. I think generally you could say 1,500 career at-bats and you have a pretty good understanding of whether or not a, a position player can play. Can you be patient enough for them to go through those ebbs and flows, those ups and downs? Um, of those first 1,500 at-bats. I mean, unless you're expecting the next Derek Jeter, you're probably going to be disappointed with how a player may struggle. It's how they respond to that struggle, right? I mean, if we're going to give up on players, a lot of people would have given up on Darius Slay a long, long time ago, right? Because he, he struggled early on. Until the Lions actually went man-to-man -man instead of zone, Darius Slay had all kinds of issues then by the time Detroit trades into Philadelphia, everybody's up in arms. You can't trade your best defensive player, right? So I, I'm not going to totally disagree with the, your buddies, say, but they're disappointed that uh, a first-round pick like Kristen Stewart, a key guy coming over a trade like Jamer Candelario, maybe haven't been as consistent at the major league level. But I, I just remind people, uh, you know, whatever job you may do, 
do you get better as the job, as your career continues? I would guess yes. I mean, the difference between you and me hosting a talk show today compared to when we first started, whether you be a TKA or wherever it may be, it's night and day, right? Well, Kristen Stewart has had one full season of the big leagues. You're giving up on a guy after one full season. Now, if you have a trained eye and you feel like there's no way this guy can do it, okay, more power to you. And I, I'll, I'll trust your judgment to a certain extent. I, I think if you're disappointed in the defense, I understand that. But offensively, you got to be a little bit more patient with people. We have no patience with our athletes whatsoever in our society anymore. It, we always talk about kids being, you know, some people who have to be having it right now for them. Well, adults are much different, especially when it comes to sports. <laughs> if an athlete, if an athlete of theirs, especially a first round pick, if an athlete of theirs doesn't hit it off right away, doesn't become a star almost right away. We want to give up on him, and I just think that's way too soon. Well, whatever it is from, you know, 2006 to, I guess, uh, 2014, man, it was such a, a day-in and day-out ride with the Tigers and then, you know, the the rebuild. And I know just people are just, you know, wanting those days back where every night it was something and – I know the ballpark. Yep. Uh, we don't. I, we don't even know what the the situation would be like there. But just the, you know, the overall interest where everybody's just captivated. Uh, I, I know that's just what people want. You know, I, I get that part. Yeah, it's a passionate thing. Yeah, yeah I, I I love that about them. I mean, it, look, if they're not passionate about it, if they're not expressing their opinion, obviously they don't care. That's a bad thing. I just think you have to take a lot of things with a grain of salt. Kristen Stewart's a young player. Um, a guy who you know is ha- has had some injury already and trying to deal with that. And let's face it, you know his struggles defensively. That probably weighs on him a little bit when he steps into the box offensively. In addition to that, a little bit of added pressure being a first-round pick and and a guy who who tore up the minor leagues. But look, your buddies are sitting there going, this guy's a three-time Tigers minor league player of the year. We expect big things out of him at the major league level. I do too. You do as well. Kristen Stewart, Alavila, and the Tigers organization do as well. I just wonder when the time to pull that plug on a young player might be. I don't think it's right now. Jeff, I got a couple quick ones for you here. I didn't get the chance to see that uh, entire uh, stream with the with Ron Gardenhier and, and Tram was on there. I don't know if he had various players or whatever, but uh, I'm sure you addressed uh, the situation, like some of the talk about uh, no seeds, some of the guys sitting in the stands, uh, you know, no high fives. How realistic? It didn't sound very realistic, and you know, I know it's a preventative measure and. You know, you you try to just put your you know best you know your your best intentions out there, maybe, and what you're hoping for. But you know, you get a walk off, uh, and you know, guys are around the plate. It just didn't seem real, really realistic of of you know guys not high fiving and and that kind of well, stuff. Well, yeah, look, I think we're all having to adjust, right? We're we're all having to change with the strange times. So I understand that. I just find it really hard to believe that baseball players are going to be able to stop spitting on the ground. I mean, that's just, it's something that they do, you know? I mean, in order for you to play, uh, the two sports that, where they spit the most is, is baseball and hockey, right? I mean, basketball, you can't until you get a timeout. Football, you are, but, you know, not quite as much as baseball. It's a constant, and it's it's a, it's something that uh, they've grown up, and you can't expect someone who's been doing it for over 20 years to just suddenly stop. It's it, it's there's a, it's a thinking man's game. There's a lot of things you're, you're that are going through your mind and, and thinking to yourself, I can't spit might be one of those more difficult things. Um, they're, they're telling guys to, to basically be emotionless. Uh, you're not going to have the crowd. So with that as an energy provider, for you to try and gear up and get your teammates fired up, I would think is even that much more important than it would be when the the stadium is packed. So I think it's not that they can't do it. I just think it's going to take a long time to adjust to it. Yeah, I think a work in progress. I, it jumped out last week when I was watching that Matt Stafford Zoom, and he said that, you know, he's going to try to refrain from from licking his fingers, which, you know, he's trying to get the grip on the ball. That's and That's yeah, not happen. I was I thinking mean, the same not, thing. Yeah, I mean, it's just, just what a quarterback does. I mean, it's you need the moisture. I mean, I just – same thing with pitchers. Uh, they're they're going to go to their mouth off the off the mound. They're going to touch their brow. They're going to touch their caps. It's habitual. Dennis, you and I, I mean, people in general, we all have we're all habitual. We're, we all have certain 
of things that we do on a regular basis. Um, that's part of what makes us who we are. And to just suddenly stop it. Now, could you wean yourself off it? I suppose as the season wears on, but to do it cold turkey, if you will, I just think is going to be almost impossible for most of these guys to do. Yeah, I'm trying. You ever on TV and have to, you know, scratch your nose or something and you just fight through it? Have you just learned how to do that over the years? What do you do? Yeah, I mean, look, we're all looking for ways to get better, right? So for, for me, I, I got to do a better job of asking questions and making them shorter questions. My bosses and I have gone over that. Well, you and I have hosted talk shows in the past. We have a tendency to give people information while we're asking a question because we're trying to make sure that people who might be tuning in at any time um, are, are provided with the information that maybe we have given earlier in our, in our talk show. Well, I've always taken that approach in radio, but television, television is totally different. So um, I've had to adjust to that. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to having to, to scratch your face or, <laughs> or, or get your earpiece in on TV a little bit uh, deeper so you can hear what the truck is telling to you, you've got to make that subtle move. And I suppose that's one of those things that athletes will try and have to do as well, make it a subtle move and slowly make that change. Well, Chef, finally, this isn't to butter you up or anything. This is exactly the way I feel. When you did do talk shows or whatever, I always liked uh, your approach with the game. It just seemed like my idea and yours, it, it just lined up. I liked how... You know, you were focused in on the competition and, and, and the games. And I remember a few times just talking with you in a press box or whatever else, I would come up and I would ask you about a player and it almost be like, what, was was I talking, you know, too much about the game or something? I was like, no, that's 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 what I like, you know. I, I like a look inside the game of the competition. So I, I always enjoyed that part. Uh, I just know, like, the, the way that, that you see the game, the way you like talking about it, uh, I, I always enjoyed that. Well, I appreciate that, and, and that's back at you. And the way you and I are able to gain that type of information, I think, is by being in the locker room, in the clubhouse, talking with players, talking with managers. Uh, you know, I've, I've always respected people in our business who will they take their shots? Will they speak critically of athletes or, or coaches? Sure, and there's nothing wrong with that. But at least you want those people to show their faces to answer some questions that athletes or coaches may have for us as well and look i i said that a year ago when i took over the tigers job i made sure every player knew i, I walk around that clubhouse every day for a number of reasons first of all because i like to and i like to get to know the players but i want them to know that you know i'm in their corner i'm rooting for them and that i'm a tigers fan and a tigers announcer but also i want to tell stories to fans on tv on fox sports detroit about that player, that even if it has something to do with things other than baseball. But I also, the reason I walk around is because if they, if they hear something that I said or maybe misinterpreted something I said, I want to be available for them to ask me those questions, confront me, and figure something out so I can explain myself or uh, give them an idea of where I'm coming from. So, I mean, those are the things that I think you and I have done over our careers, and I don't think that's going to change. No, oh, good job. Well, I know this for sure. Whether it's spring training or it's a 82 game season, uh, there might not be fans in there, but there'll be tons of people watching, uh, and there'll be record breaking ratings for sure. And uh, thanks for spending some time with me, and I can't wait to see you on TV talking some uh, some Tiger baseball. I hope to see you at the ballpark too, bud. Thanks. Yeah, I, I hope to be down there too, if possible. You know, that'd be great. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Shep. All the best to okay, you. Okay, pal. Same to you. Thanks Keep for up your good time. Work. There he is, uh, Matt Shepard here joining me. And uh, I didn't say it while he was on there. I just hung up with Shep. But the one thing about him, if you did not know this and you're listening, there's a guy who will not be outworked in in this business, whatever business he would, uh, if he did not pick being in the media, whatever he was doing, man, he would be there, you know, the, the, the old first one there, last one to leave. You know, that's that's Matt Shepard for sure. And even when you know he got the the Tiger job here of being the 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 play by play guy on TV, he's just continued. You I'm sure you've noticed that, or if you haven't, you, you just you you turn on your TV or you're turning on your radio and it's like, wait a second, isn't Shep the, the, the Tigers guy? It's like, yeah, but you know, he just wants to work. He wants to he wants to do games, he wants to be involved. And uh, it's always been like that uh, for him. And you, know, you like, you admire. I admire.
that kind of work ethic. All right, let's continue a little uh, conversation here. And I'm going to bring in Kenny Cott, who I worked with. I'm just calling him straight away here. Let's see if it rings. There it is. Kenny and I, let's see. I'm a, he's a second ring guy. I'm going to predict. So much for my prediction. Dennis, man, how's it going? Kenny! What up? Hey, I, I predicted you were going to be a second ring pickup, and it went to three, so so much for my predictions. I'm sorry if I ruined that for you. I'm also sorry if I made you nervous with the extra ring. That's my bad. No, well, it would have made me nervous if it went to four. Is that not thinking? Yeah, that would have been, been any good. Now, well, you know what? For for people that don't know you, Kenny, you and I, I was just thinking here for a couple minutes this afternoon, we probably did between 50 and 100 shows in the studio and, and double digits at like Little Caesars Arena. So uh, we've worked a lot of shows together. Yeah, it's, it's been a ride, man. I've seen you uh, in and out of the station. You're one of the first people that I thought of uh, when uh, the Lions drafted DeAndre Swift because you're always giving me crap about being a Georgia fan. Well, you you like Detroit sports, but you also have B teams and whether or not, you know, people out there listening think that you know, that's acceptable for them or not. You have decided that it is acceptable for you that you do like other teams outside of the state of Michigan. And one of those certainly is Georgia and another one for sure. And you're the only Columbus Blue Jacket fan. I know you, you like the Blue Jackets. Yeah, I'm one of the few guys in Michigan that actually find it acceptable to like in Ohio. Um, it also might disappoint you and a lot of other people to know that I have become a Cincinnati Reds fan the last year, too. They're my B team in baseball. Why is that? Um, well, I had to pick a team that wasn't in the American League because I didn't want to conflict with the Tigers in any way. Not that, I mean, the Tigers would conflict with anybody at this point. But um, So I decided, let's go with a team in the National League. Let's go with a team that's kind of fun. Um, the Cincinnati Reds have had a couple of former Tigers at the time. They had Suarez and they had uh, the Glacius. Yes. And uh, Tom Brenneman on the locals, I, I think that's awesome. Yeah, all right, fair enough. You know, I just it, it makes me think of uh, of myself when I was a youngster. Like, you know, my, my dad wasn't really a, a fan. Like, he was betting on the game, so, and sometimes he was bookmaking the game. So it wasn't necessarily, you know, that he was a Lion fan. Sometimes he was, but sometimes he was a bigger fan of the other team. So I'd never had him pushing me on the Detroit teams. And, and then growing up for me, I'm older than you, the Lions – Probably not a big surprise. weren't all that good in the in the mid to to late seventies and even early eighties. But the Dallas Cowboys sure were. And growing up in Detroit, every single person on my block either liked the Cowboys or the Steelers. So I liked the Cowboys for like a ten year stretch. I mean, I liked the Lions too, and I never knew what was going to happen. Like, wow, what if the Lions and Cowboys actually played? And then they finally did, and the Lions beat them. But they had twelve men on the field, and I kind of felt bad. You know that the Cowboys lost. It was, you know, you know how you are when you're young. It's it's, it's weird fandoms kind of stuff. It is, and it's, it's a conflict of interest. It seems anytime my teams play each other, with with the Wings and Blue Jackets, it happens. You know, a couple times a season. So people always go, "Oh, Penny, who are you going to root for?" I'm like, "Well, at this point, I think I'm rooting for the Blue Jackets because that's better draft position for the Red Wings and closer to the playoffs for the Blue Jackets. I think it's supporting both teams." Fair enough. Fair enough. So I know you watch a lot of Georgia football, and you've you've had a, a, an absolute treat of of running backs over the last few years. When you know you have Todd Gurley, and you just keep going down uh, the list with with Chubb, and now we're talking about the Lions selection here in DeAndre Swift. What did you think of the pick, and what do you think of Swift? Uh, well, obviously, I was uh, ecstatic about the pick. Uh, I got several phone calls from people who are about as excited about the pick for me as they were for the Lions. Um, he's one of these guys that, like, man, it, he, he's going to complement Perrion Johnson very well. Um, the issue with Perrion is he's had health problems, obviously. Other than that, he's been a pretty solid bat. You look at DeAndre Swift, and he hasn't really cataloged that many, you know, rushes with Georgia, but he's put up incredible numbers. So he doesn't have a whole lot of tread on his tires that, that's been worn off. So... I think he's perfect for the Lions, and I think you, you look at the way that the Lions wide receivers were last year. They were incredible. It, it seemed like even though Matt Stafford wasn't healthy, they were still producing. So the Lions offense is going to be very dangerous next year, I think, or at least 
a couple steps better with a healthy Stafford and a running back stable almost at this point. Yeah, you know what? When I watched uh, when they when they picked him, like I had seen Swift play, you know, probably more of the the big games. So I was just looking at his game log, and there was uh, one that jumped out against Kentucky where he went off. So I I typed it up on YouTube, but I just sat back and I watched him. I said, "Oh, just let me get a feel so I can get a comp here." And uh, I asked on Twitter, you know, for comps for Swift, and and somebody said Chubb right away, and. Somebody said Ray uh, Ray Rice, you know the former Ravens running back. Okay. That's what they said to me. But what what came to me at about uh, you know midway through the first quarter, he looked like um, Lashawn McCoy. Yeah, the dude, uh, despite not having a, a ton of size, his feet keep moving. He'll power through tackles. He's he's a solid runner, just like being able to stay upright, and he doesn't mess around too much in the backfield when he's running. He finds a hole, he attacks it. I think, uh, I, yeah, I think uh, Chubb's a great comparison. Yeah, yeah, he definitely looks, and and this always happens. I mean, it's it's kind of running back you, but the the way that he just stands in and to get ready to take the huddle. I don't know if the running back coach or if that's just the the design. They kind of lean forward, and he does look like Chubb just back there with that that Bulldogs uniform on, and just kind of the way his helmet you know, veered forward. I mean, that was me. I I was like, I I get that comparison. I get it. No, I totally get that. And another underrated part of DeAndre Swift is his ability to catch in the backfield or down the field. He has like glue hands. This guy can catch anything. I don't know how good of a route runner he is necessarily, but he can block a little bit too. He's not like a tremendous blocker or anything, but you know, he'll get in somebody's way. Well, you know what? If you just think about the Lions and you think about all the things that we've said over the years, one of those for sure, and it's it's true. I mean, they what would Matt Stafford be able to do with a running game? I know detractors will point to, I think, 2014 when, you know, they had Reggie Bush and they had a, a Joyke Bell and, and Reggie Bush, and they, they actually did have a, a tandem there for a while. But in, in the, there have been some other guys, you know, here and there, that you look at and you say, oh man, if, if, you know, if they just had that, but just looking at that, these two guys here, I I think that this should be, it it better be, it better be their best tandem in in a while. I just like the idea that carry on is so beat up and he's, I guess at this point we label him injury prone. Right. But like, yes, at this point you got a guy that's like, that doesn't have that much wear and tear on him. So they'll be able to split carries. They'll be able to do whatever they want to do and not put too much pressure on the other guy. I think it's a match made in heaven. And also, I'm a Georgia fan, so I'm supposed to say that. There you go. Well, you know what? There were a lot of people, not just you, if you know, see people who say, well, this guy's a homer for for Georgia. There were a lot of the, if we, if we pulled out, you know, 10 of the, you know, draft gurus, I think, you know, eight of them had Swift as the top back. So it's not like you're just being total, like, you know, bulldog homer. And if you want to go that route, too, I thought Fromm had a terrible combine, and I'm not surprised that he dropped in the draft. I didn't think he was any good after he left, you know? So I'm mm. not going to completely stick with my Georgia my Georgia guy. Yeah, meanwhile, I thought, and, and I do think that, that Fromm is uh, a hell of a football player, man. He just seemed like he always, to me, looked, put the ball on his receivers exactly what you want. Now, yeah, he, t- he, he, did, he looked terrible at the combine, that's for sure. Yeah. And I can see him drop it a little bit, but I didn't think he would drop that far. I'm really surprised. Lions, Patriots, a lot of other teams. Where did he end up going? Fifth round? Sixth round? I mean, it yeah. was nuts. Teams get kind of scared after they see a guy that doesn't do so well in the combine, even if he has a resume at a school, and, and that's exactly what happened to Jake Fromm. Yeah, I'm going back to the Lions running back situation just for a second. You know, the last yeah. time I was, I guess I'll say inspired, it really wasn't Joyke Bell and, and Reggie Bush. It was the first game that the Lions played a couple of years ago against the Colts, and they ended up winning that game. And in that game, they had Amir Abdullah and Theo Riddick. And the combination of, of catching the ball and running the ball, these guys just went off, and it was like, wow, man, the Lions – really do have something going for him right now. And I think game two, Abdullah got hurt, and then, you know, that was it. So it was just a one-game thing. Yeah, it seems like with the Lions, you think you learned something right away, and then immediately you have to backpedal because of how incorrect they've made you. Yeah, and Javid Bass there for, what, five games, the last time that the Lions really looked like they had something going, what, they start 4-0, and then it was the – or 5-0, the game against – 
Uh, it was guess it was Harbaugh, and and then Best got hurt in that game, and that was it. And that's where Harbaugh and Schwartz had the whatever you want to call it, dust up handshake deal at the end. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I, I, and you get excited about certain guys too. Like I was excited about Abdullah when he first uh, came around, and I mean, obviously, we saw what happened there too. Well, all of them. I mean, it's not like they have not addressed the position. You know, they've gone out and they've taken guys early. And and there's been a lot of hope. I mean, I'm still a big Carryon Johnson fan. I know, like, there are a lot of people like, oh, you're excited about best. That means you're you're done with Carryon, or you're pushing, you know, Carryon to the side. That's not it at all. Especially in the NFL, there's a there's a few teams like um, like Dallas, you know, with Zeke Elliott, and there's you know a couple other uh, when, when Gurley was with the Rams, you know, like a one back guy. But most teams are, are throwing out. If it's not a running back by committee, they're certainly you know putting two guys out there a plenty, and and that's why you have to address that position in the offseason. That's exactly what the Lions did. They drafted what many people consider to be not just me, but what many people consider to be the best running back available or one of the best running backs available. So right. I think they did that. I think Stafford should have, presuming he's healthy, he has a decent trio of receivers. He's got a couple of running backs that kind of take the edge off of each other. I'm not saying the offense is going to be terrific or, you know, anything like that, but they should be a pretty good offense. They should. You know, I looked at it, and, and it was just the, the initial prediction of going through the schedule there, and I, I came up with nine wins, which, you know, it's, it, a lot of people are like, wow, that sounds so crazy. It's like when you pick the Lions to win nine games, man, people freak out like, oh, man, you're a homer. It's like, you know, I'm not really a homer. I, I just – I went through the games and, you know, you go win-loss and it could change. You know, last year I thought they were going to start the season 0-5 when the schedule came out and people were calling me a hater. But by the time the season rolled around, that watching the, the Cardinals in the preseason, I mean, they looked terrible. I thought the Lions would win that game. And with all the injuries that the Chargers had, I thought the Lions would win that game. That was before the season. So it changed. So And, and I've I've definitely dropped the Lions in years past based on what I've seen from them in the exhibition season, they've had some some horrible preseasons. You're not supposed to take very much at all out of the preseasons, but uh, I, I have done that with uh, with this team in the past. I, I'm a preseason truther. I think I, I, I'm the one guy in the room that yells, preseason doesn't mean anything. I, I think I'm that guy. But uh, I also think it's very funny how people would call you a homer for having them win nine games. Nine games is not 12 games. Nine games is not 10 games. Yeah, nine's a pretty good football team, but they're on the they're a fringe playoff team at best. At nine wins. Well, you know the the late Drew Sharp used to say he would be laughing. Say just always pick them to win six games, and you don't even have to know what's going on. You know, for your life, you'll just do a great job. You know, in picking Lions football. And I said, yeah, but Drew, don't you want to really look at actually what you think? Go and get no. He stopped me. He's like, no, no, do not put that work in. Just always. Pick against them and always pick against the Big Ten in in both college basketball and football too. And I said, "Wow, man, that's that's a really easy way to go about it." He's like, "It's easy, but it's true," and it it, it held up for him pretty good. And if you look, you know, you, you could just do that. But you know, in 2015, the, the Lions lost to the Cowboys in the 2014 season in the in the playoffs. Yeah. They lost to the Cowboys, and I remember coming back. They they lost Sue, but they replaced him with Haloti Nada. And I picked the Lions to win the NFC North for the first time, and I think it was 25 years if they were going to be able to do that. And, yeah, people were, were definitely calling me a homer then and talking about how difficult the schedule was at the beginning. And 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 sure enough, they ended up going 1-7, and seven, you know, to start the season. And by game two, you know, they were playing the Broncos and losing the game. I, I had to I had to say, wow, that was the worst, that was the worst prediction I ever made. Yeah, and it's funny because I, I think for the past, I don't know, handful of years, I've at the beginning of the season played the schedule game, which I know is a silly thing to do, but it's, it's fun. It's, it's what I do. And it seems like even if I break it down, look at their rosters, look at the other team's roster, man, I always level out at eight wins. And eight and eight feels like a cop-out, but man, that's, that's the way it always has turned out. Well, let's look at some of these other sports. There has been some some news today and in for one, you know, baseball, whether they come to an agreement or not, it, they're getting a lot of pressure from the outside. Like, you guys really are not going to drag this out. But an 82-game schedule, if I'm putting my money down right now, it looks like, you know, what uh, they'll, they'll ultimately 
agree on. So, you know, Kenny, you follow this this Tiger team. If 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 you the best thing that could happen besides a safe season, number one, for the Tigers organization, what would you pick? I mean, it feels like a very easy, lazy take to say, Oh, I want to see the young arms, but guys, I really want to see the young arms. Yeah. We've been hearing so much, so much for the past couple of years about what oh, these guys are really good. Like, all right, I believe that they're really good, but I want to see them with my own eyeball. And I want to see how they do against, and this sounds silly, but I want to see them against major league hitters. I want to see them against the Aaron Judges of the world. I want to see what they do against real competition. And then I will be able to judge if they're any good, if they're the future, if they're this franchise piece. I mean, how many times have we heard, is Casey Mize any good? I mean, we love him in the minors, but, you know, let's, let me see it. And it's not going to be a right-away process. This shortened season is going to kind of abbreviate their starts and the amount of innings that they pitch if they pitch at all. So, I mean, I'm just kind of – I'm so anxious for sports to return. <laughs> I just want to see anything at this point. Well, but yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'd, I'd like to see, you know, anything as well. But, you know, as fast as the Tigers could, you know, arrive on the scene and everybody's so excited, you know, I just remember last year it was um, – you know, by mid-May, the the general interest of the team just went over the cliff. So, you know, hopefully they'll, you know, be able to. The year before they kept it to to mid-June. So if they can just, you know, go three months in an abbreviated schedule, that would be nice. I mean, I, I would like to see that. Of course, you know, the all of the the young arms to see a little bit of promise there. That would be great. But some promise as well from they they got a lot of guys that have uh, been called up like and we've seen him for a little bit here like a Christian Stewart like a Condelario it would really be nice if one of those guys came back and you thought wow man this guy looks like he could be a a piece for this team in the future i would also look to two guys or three that are going to be in their starting rotation this year i mean michael fulmer is coming back and i, I know a lot of they should have traded him when they had the chance but I was not in that um, in that camp, and then he's been hurt, you know, the whole time, which has made me look bad, and everybody else that that liked the guy. But you know, I think he's got if if it's not ace material, it's certainly uh, you know a, a number two guy there. And and then from Spencer Turnbull and Daniel Norris, if if one of those guys you feel like not a front end rotation guy, but a, a back end rotation guy. And with, with Norris being a left-hander and, and Turnbull, both of them 27 years old, can we get one of those guys to just emerge and be like, yeah, this can be somebody that can be on this team for for five years. And if he's going to be there for five years, and hopefully you know, he's going to be involved in some kind of you know, uh, playoff chase or, if not, pennant chase. I guess the question becomes then, I mean, you just rattled off a bunch of stuff there that you'd love to see happen. Yeah. Obviously, I'd love to see any of that happen. Which is the one? Which is at the top of the pile for you? Well, the top of the pile would be Matt Manning coming up and looking like an ace immediately. Sure. All right. That's or, uh, if, all right. I'll say out of any of those guys, it doesn't even have to be. It doesn't even have to be Miser Manning. If if one guy looked like he could be a, uh, a superstar, it's like sure, but if a star. Between Turnbull, Norris, Candelario, number one guy. Give me, yeah. yeah, give me a star out of you know guys that are not looked at as you know. People are like, come on, you know, these guys aren't stars. Uh, some people calling them busts already, but yeah, get. Uh, I just want one star or an ace. Give me an ace. No, well, you uh, people have said that about uh, Jamer and Christian Stewart. Oh, yeah, yeah. Th- those guys are trending in the wrong direction, though. I think. Yeah. So, I oh, mean, no, yeah, I'd are. love to see those guys take a step forward, and that would make me feel a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, if I just list off, you know, here's 15 guys. I just want to see them all take a step forward. Sure. Just yeah. give me one guy that turns into a superstar. You're right. I- I'll take that every day. Give me a superstar. That would be nice. Uh, a reason to come out and watch. Give me all a right. hang my hat on this guy moment. That, that, that'd be great, for sure. I'm with you on that. How about uh, hockey? I saw, was it a 24 team yeah, proposal? 24 game playoff. Yeah. What, that, that, 24 team playoff, yeah. An odd number. We we know the Red Wings aren't going to be involved in that. But I, when, initially when I saw that, the first thing that came to mind was is that maybe they will go to 
the old draft scenario, which will completely benefit the Red Wings, where before they had an 18.5% chance to get the number one. And if they do go to this this new format, it's like they get a 57% chance, and or is it 67% chance, and then they're yeah. they're guaranteed to get one of the top two. I'm signing up for that. Yeah, so uh, I'll take that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sign me up for the monthly subscription of that subscription. I'm, I'm down with that completely. Um, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but uh, I, I mean, you hate. First of all, I'm never trying to make light of a pandemic, but if anything has benefited the Red Wings, it's the pandemic as far as their draft opportunities are concerned. Well, you're right. Like if if it happens and if strange things uh, can happen in sports, the the last time there was. You know, when they canceled the Stanley Cup, there were the Penguins. They ended up getting back-to-back, uh, back-to-back seasons where they had the number one, and that certainly benefited them. One of the years they got Crosby. The other year, I think they got Flurry. Two, maybe, well, for sure, Crosby, a Hall of Famer, but maybe two Hall of Famers back-to-back. That's that's the kind of way you do it. Get a break. Yeah, and it's, it's just rough, though. I mean, and again, the pandemic is very serious, and I'm not trying to make light of that, but if this is my favorite time of year, guys. the Stanley Cup finals are should be going on right about soonish now. Um, the weather's getting nicer. Baseball's back. This is this is the time, and we're missing it. And it's just made me so itchy and, and squirmy about sports coming back. I'm I'm ready for it. Well, for for years, you know, I mean, it was they even made songs about it. April, man, April in the D. You know, baseball's coming rolling. There's they they had all the sappy songs, which I liked, and. Both the Pistons and the Red Wings getting ready to, you know, set sail on a hopefully a, a long playoff journey. We don't. April and the D hasn't been so hot in a, in a few years though. No, no. <laughs> it hasn't been like that at all. Well, I'm I'm hope you know what the, all of it. I, I don't. I know that the college uh, football. I've seen some of the athletic directors from the different conferences. I've seen some of the different ads say some things that are, are very – put them in the category of being very optimistic about a season happening. But I just think with, with no students, that have, will they really have a college football season with without students at the university? I, I'm so skeptical of that. Like, But anything. like So it's still a situation where – where anything can happen there. You know, the Ohio state AD was talking about, well, we could maybe get 20,000 people. Like all of that sounds so like, sure. College football, just 20,000. They'll figure out who gets the tickets or whatever else. I mean, sign me up for that. Uh, it could easily be that or nothing. So I mean, that's where we're That's where I'm at. That's where you're at. I think. I, I'm very concerned about the nothing side of it because I mean, maybe I don't want to sound soft about it, man, but I, I really worry about how they can return to contact sports safely. Like if one person contracts it from somewhere, wouldn't that mean his entire team is at risk and the other team that they were playing against is at risk? And then what do they do? Do they shut the league down again? Uh, it, it, to me, is very. It, I'm very concerned about how the other side might be affected as far as the not returning or returning and then there being major problems. If they can do it and do it safely, yeah, sign me up, man. I'm, I'm here for it, but I'm, I'm just a little concerned. Yeah, well, if we get baseball and they have some kind of basketball, you know, bubble, whether it's uh, playoffs or even if they complete the regular season and if hockey does it and, you know, they're just back working out and they, they actually, it goes without a hitch, which sounds almost like, you know, Pollyannish to say, oh, yeah, they'll all come back. And then, you know, by September, they'll be ready to go. But if those other sports do do it, you know, that'll be the, you know, the clear sign that, you know, that they'll have a chance to do it. So, I don't know. You're saying a lot of things that I like, Dennis. Well, what else are we going to say? You know, sit around saying, you know what, Ken, I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't even know why we're talking about Why are we talking about an upcoming NFL season? Let's just talk about – what else would we talk about? I mean, it's the truth. It's hard to be in doing sports talk right about now without sports. But, yeah, no, this is uh, where we're really hoping it returns, I, I guess. But I, I just worry, you know – I, I'm very. I, we've seen what the pandemic was like when it was at its very, very worst so far, and that was extremely ugly and horrifying. I just want that image to resonate with people, so that when sports come back, don't get too out of hand with you know being unsafe about it. You know, I'm I'm with you on that. The uh, the safety part. You know, the the one thing about just thinking about it being in sports talk, sports fans like 
And just thinking about Detroit, the last couple of years, it wasn't like the Red Wings or Pistons or Tigers were, were you know, had people, you know, running to their phones and, and talking about them. And football talk has still been there. And then the other part about it is that certainly, you know, people like if you're you're doing a an open line type, open forum type of uh, call-in show, People like to complain in the pandemic, man. It, it, it's ripe for complaints on, on for everything, man. So right. you know, I'm sure that there's there's no there's no shortage of topics. They might not be the topics we like, like uh, Kenny. I nobody's standing within five feet of me, or I can don't have to wear a mask if I want to go to Costco if I want. Or those aren't the kind of topics right. that we want to hear. But uh, there's a lot of topics out there. Yeah, and there is. And, you know, I think it's just proven that in any situation, no matter what the topic is, whether it's Matt Stafford or whether it's the pandemic, people will complain about something. So, I mean, it's, it's an interesting time to be in talk radio of any sort, really. That's true. Well, I did see a tweet from you last month that you were like, uh, man, I, I miss going to the bar. That's what you said. Was, uh, was that yeah, your, that yeah. was kind of your tweet, wasn't it? Yeah, I, that, that was the whole tweet. Beginning to end. I think you quoted it perfectly. I miss going to the bar so much. I miss my, you know, my regular spot. I miss the people that hang out at my regular spot. I miss, you know, watching a game on the screen, sitting back and just enjoying a bud or something, man. I just miss it. Yeah, of course I miss it. Everybody misses it. Yeah, I was just talking with my my friends. We were doing a three-way call, and one guy was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go up to, to Traverse City and you know, just go sit out so I can sit out on a patio at least – enjoy some sights and, and have a drink. But then he is, we were like, man, as soon as you get a couple beers in the, I could see you breaking the, the six foot radius, you know, trying to talk to some girl. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's probably true. And then, and, and you just think about like, you know, if you're, you're really like how difficult that's going to be, if that is the rule when you're coming back, like you might have the best intentions, but you know, it, it, once you have two or three drinks, you kind of forget like, Oh, wait a second. I'm not supposed to, it's, it's right. an odd time. I'm not supposed to be able to go to the bathroom only on even hours or something. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, then there would have to generally be like a zero strike rule with places, right? Like you break the rules once you're done, like you're out. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, if they do that, well, they're going to be in trouble. I mean, how are they, uh, I was uh, reading some story, over the last day or two about, you know, some of the restaurant and bar owners where the guys are like, it's just not worth it. Like if we bring guys back, wait, his staff is on unemployment and you're only, you can only have 30% capacity. And then you've got all this liability. If somebody gets actually sick and you know, they I don't know how that's going to work. He's like, that's not happening. But so I really don't, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on, on Traverse city. And I guess the UP, this uh, this weekend to see what happens over this Memorial weekend. Yeah, I was going to ask you, are you going to go up north and travel at all now that you actually can? No. No? No, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm taking a, a wait-and-see approach on what what happens. I, I don't, I'm not clamoring to go sit outside at a restaurant, not for a five-hour drive. You know, if they opened it up, if, if it was opened up around here, what I think about you know, driving by and, and checking out a, a patio situation and, and seeing how it looked and, and maybe going in there and actually, you know, having a drink or something like, yeah, right. yeah, I would think about doing that for sure. I, I like your uh, wait and see approach. That's probably the smartest way to go about it. Um, it's, it's just tough for me because I, I love up north. If I'm not down here working or doing something that I have to do, I'd spend as many hours as possible up there. So hearing that it opened up again, it, it really made me a little itchy to, to hit the road and just stay there for a while. But yeah, no, I'm with you. If I saw, saw a patio place outside, I, I might consider stopping by and having a beer too. Yeah. Well, if it was a, a 45 minute drive, that would be different. What's it take yeah, to get to Traverse true. city? You know, you're not just going to like one of those outer counties. That's like down by Claire. I mean, there's, there's nothing going on. You're just going to stop at, you know, some roadside bar. I don't know. I, I'm not doing that. Like it'd be, it'd be easier just to, to head South and go to Ohio, which I've heard people doing. So, but Oh, really? I knew people were doing that for golf back when it was like yeah. really strict golf restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done any of that. I'm, uh, I'm still just chilling, chilling and waiting and crossing my fingers. Well, I've, I've taken up the, I, I'm, I'm so like desperate for sports. What I have done is 
I go apparently on MLB's uh, website. You can go and do their video streaming service for free. You don't have to. It's, it's pandemic free, I suppose. Um, so I've been watching whatever game I wanted to on this date last year. Ooh. So I'm kind of like living a baseball season that already happened. Yeah, I've been watching games. You know, I, I've always uh, liked to go back and, and watch games. I've I've recently watched. You know, I never saw it. I I don't know why I didn't see the the Bush push game the usc against notre dame in 2015 but i never did see that game but so i watched that one i watched an 88 michigan miami game i watched the pistons uh, five game sweep i've gone through some of that so yeah i like punching up the games and and watching it a little bit but man for the rest of tv it's it's just games and and pretty much uh netflix the the last kingdom for me that's what i've been doing yeah I mean, I think that's basically been everybody. Eventually, you just run out of options is the issue. But, yeah, I've watched some of that old uh, old Red Wings games on uh, Fox Sports Detroit. And uh, I've watched uh, when just early, like, 2000s hockey. And it, it, it's so baffling to me how drastically different the game is back then than it is now. Like, I was I, I was watching, and I was like, oh, that would be a hook. Oh, that'd be a flash. Oh, there's another hook. None of it's called. Yeah, I watched the 96. Uh, it just reminded me last week I watched it. I watched the 96 uh, Hockey World Cup. It was USA against Canada, and they played a, a best of three in game three. They went to three games. It was uh, up in Montreal, and uh, the USA was was down 2-1. They scored like four goals. Tony Abonte. Right. With the big one in in the third period, Brad Hall, Madonna, the against Wayne Gretzky and and Steve Eiserman. it was it was really good hockey. I, I went to that game because it was played on a Saturday in a college football season back in 1996. And what I recalled about that day is we had a couple TVs at a friend of mine's house, but we had people watching more of the hockey game than they were college football, which was I was you know surprised at that. But then I remember just how good the hockey was, and I wanted to see if it it stood the test of time, and it did. It was good. Oh yeah, it, yeah, easily does. Those old games, I it's like my lifeblood when I see those on. I'm like, that's that's appointment viewing. I gotta I gotta watch that. Yeah, old sports, especially for me, hockey. Watching those early 2000s, like I think I saw the some game. I think it was the last game of the Detroit Colorado series where they blew them out like seven to one in 2002. Seven nothing. Awesome. Seven nothing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's you know one of the the just the greatest games of all time. Oh, that was that was, was an awesome game. I'll go back and watch that one too. That was a part. Everybody, I remember exactly where I was at this bar, and we went out, and everybody was anticipating like this is going to be awesome. And that was the end of the seven year war, Wings and Avs, and then the Wings just blew them out, and it was great. You know, every single second. Oh, of it, it, was, so. it was spectacular. Uh, that was when I was just getting into hockey. I think I was like six years old at the time. And me and my dad would watch every game together, and and that that whole that team made me fall in love with hockey. I've never been the same since. Well, Kenny, hopefully you'll have other games that you can, uh, you know, that will tug at your heartstrings me oh, the same funny. way, and we'll just uh, we'll just bide our time between uh, now and then. Hey, I, I appreciate you joining me on this podcast. Thanks for having me, Dennis. Appreciate it. And little known fact is when I was trying to do podcasts in the summer. You would come in and 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 sh- give me some directions on, you know, how to do this or turn that button or the podcast course, if you will. Yeah, yeah, you 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 were a big help there. So thanks for helping me out here uh, today. It's coming full circle. Anytime, Dennis. Anytime. All right, have a great day, Kenny, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Thanks for your time. There he is, Kenny Cott, a guy who, yeah, I worked with. I was going to say a hundred times. It might be 100 times, but between 50 and 100, and then a lot of live remotes out at the Little Caesars Arena on the concourse, just sitting there, getting ready for the games to start, broadcasting beforehand. Yeah, those were the days. Games, live games, that kind of stuff. Well, that's going to do it for this podcast. I've been pushing it an hour now, which uh, I like. It's much more of a feeling of, sitting on the radio, but no commercials and just talking straight away like I'm doing right now. And uh, I like it. So I'll continue to try to do that. Uh, Thanks to Shep, Matt Shepard, the voice of the Tigers on TV, and, and Kenny Cott, 
that conversation of kicking things around. All right. I will uh, talk with you again this week and then over the weekend, Memorial Weekend. Thanks for listening. That's going to do it here. Good afternoon. Dennis Fithian on Detroit Sports. So long.